0: This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley.
1: Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who is also my husband and business partner, we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Michael, what do we have planned for today's show?
2: First up, in our Trends & Insights segment, we'll be talking with Michelle Mazur about a trend that she sees and how she's leveraged that trend in her own business, Communication Rebel. Next, today's success interview is with Christy Kiever, owner of Freshly Stated. We'll be talking about how she built her brand strategy business and how you can apply what she's learned to your own business. And to wrap things up, in today's Business Builder segment, We'll be giving you some tips on how to quickly scale your business. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started.
3: First up, it's trends and insights, your view into the changes that will impact your business success. Today, we're talking with Michelle Mazur of Communication Rebel. Welcome, Michelle.
4: Hello, and thank you for having me.
3: I'm excited to hear your trend and insight. So what is the current trend that you see impacting coaches, speakers, and authors today?
4: Oh, this is a great one for women because what I am seeing now is that there is more of a conversation happening about why there aren't more women speakers on the stage outside of women's events. You know, there are events like eWomen Network and the conference that do a great job at promoting women speakers. But when you move outside of organizations that empower women, mm-hmm. you start to see, notice a trend that there aren't a lot of women on the stage. This is Mm -hmm. particularly true in tech and science. And there is now more of a conversation that is happening around it. And people have taken notice. And even some people have done like the statistical analysis to say that the chances of an all male panel happening at any conference are statistically astronomical. So let's talk about why that's happening and how we can change it.
3: Wow. So do you think that's because the people that are making the decisions about who to put on the stage are male, or do you think it's just because women aren't stepping up and saying, I want to be part of that? I
4: think it's both. So I feel like there's a systemic problem that's going on. And if you look at like the history of motivational speaking, was started by men. Men were the genesis of the speaking industry. So it's relatively new that women are participating. And even an organization like Toastmasters International didn't allow women in until 1973, which was the year I was born. So 42 years, women have been allowed into Toastmasters to work on their public speaking skills. Mm -hmm. So I think it's partly this systemic problem that we have that when we start booking speakers or the people who book speakers, when they think, okay, who would be great to bring in? They start thinking of the men they know because Mm -hmm. that's top of mind. But then there's this other problem that we have is that women aren't putting themselves out there as speakers. So I read an interesting article from a woman who put on a tech conference. And she was like designing her dream conference. And so she decided she wanted at least 50% of the speakers to be women on stage. Mm -hmm. And she wrote that she had the most difficult time doing it because she would approach people, approach women who were experts in their field, who were amazing at what they would do. And they're like, she's like, hey, I'd love to have you speak at this conference. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not the lead of my department. I'm not an expert in this and they would make all of these, like, I'm not enough excuses and wouldn't be willing to, like, pitch ideas of what they could talk about at the conference. And then she contrasted that with the guys she talked to who were, like, just spitballing ideas of what they could talk about. Mm -hmm. So women feel like they have to be something more in order to put themselves out there for speaking gigs. And I think between those the systemic problem, and then that, I I would call it the imposter complex issue, that I feel like that's why we don't see more women speakers.
3: Hmm. When you um, Google motivational speakers, it looks like it's all men at the top, um, and the images are are all male. So that's really interesting. Um, Do you think that it's because... Men are more likely to say yes when someone says, do you want to talk about this topic? And I think with women, sometimes we say, we're not ready. What are we going to talk about? How are we going to do it? Versus just saying, yes, I know I can make an impact and then figuring out how to make it happen. Uh
4: Tina Fey has a great quote and she says, say yes and figure it out later. But I think that is, that's the core of the issue, that if you ask a man, hey, do you want to speak on X, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then they just figure it out. But if you ask a woman that, she'll say something like, oh, I don't know if I'm the expert on this. I feel like my boss maybe he would be better to speak on this than I would because I don't know enough about it or I don't like, it's almost like they they reject their own ideas before they're even willing to put them out there wow. instead of just saying, yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that and then working out what you're going to say later.
3: Well, you know, I know with a number of things that I've done, In the beginning, I said, I'm not ready, you know, maybe next time. And what I've learned is you're never going to be ready. We get ready when we have a deadline, when we have something we know we need to do, because I believe we've got it in us and we've got the support around us to make it happen. We're all very strong and capable and have a lot to share. And I think it's time we get women to shift and say, Yes, I'd love to, and know that once you say yes, things are really going to fall into place.
4: Yeah, and you can figure it out, and you can get help. And so many, like this one, that article that I was talking about, this conference organizer was saying, hey, I will help you with your presentation. I will give you feedback and support so you can do a great job. And they're like, oh, no, I don't think so. But, yeah, that act of just saying yes. I'm going to do this. And I am enough. I don't need to finish the book. I don't need a PhD. I don't need to write a dissertation. I don't need one more training. I am expert enough to talk about this.
3: Well, I love you saying that with um, I don't need more training, another certification, because I think as women we feel that we need to do that and then we'll be ready, and after that uh-huh. we're still going to need one more. It's not going to ever end, so I love it, and from what you're saying, it sounds like the climate may be just right for women to make themselves available for speaking and to really stand up and take, be front and center.
4: Yeah, just Don't be afraid to say yes to the opportunity or even to pitch yourself for the opportunity because I think that's a powerful thing to do as well, to say yes to the opportunities that come along and say, I am going to actively seek opportunities so people can hear my ideas, my experience, and my expertise.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Do you hear people saying they're not ready because they don't have a website or they don't have a product or they don't have something to give them when they're speaking?
4: Yes, I hear that too. Like, oh, I can't speak yet because I don't know exactly what my business is or I'm not exactly sure what my service is or my, oh, not even I don't have a website. The website I have isn't good enough. (laughs) So there's all kinds of excuses people use to exclude themselves.
3: So how do you, when you're talking to people, how do you get them to make that shift from I'm not enough or I'm not ready to saying, okay, I am ready. I'm going to make a difference because we've got amazing messages to share and we need to get them out there.
4: Yes. Absolutely. And for me, I reflect back to them what I see about them. So it's great when I'm working with clients because, you know, I know their ideas and I know their experience and I can say I can call basically call them out on it and say, listen, this these are all of the amazing things that you have done. And I want you to listen to them as I list them off to you. And all of this is evidence that shows you are ready for this. And I am a big fan of creating what I call like a love file to keep all of your accomplishments in. So when that voice in your head comes up that says, oh, I can't do this. I'm not enough. Instead, you like look at that that love file and be like, oh, wait, I am. I can do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I really like that. I was talking to someone This morning, and we were talking about accomplishments and recognition. And as women, we tend to look at what we haven't accomplished and what we still have left to do versus looking at where we've come and how far we've come. And I think it's time we take a step back and really acknowledge that we've done so much and we need to spend a little bit more time focusing on that and not always looking at what's, you know, what we still have to do.
4: Amen. (laughs) <laughs> you are enough. Period. Put your message out there. That's yeah. That, that summarizes okay. it perfectly.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely and you know that's the reason that we started turn knowledge to profit because it's affordable, it's easy for people to create the courses, the materials, the training, the things that they need. There's a lot of experts out there that can help them do that. You don't have to do it all yourself and we need to get mm-hmm. past that that I have to do it. I have to write my whole talk. I have to do that. Experts like yourself, there's so many resources and ewem network is a great place to find those resources and there's uh-huh. a lot of other groups to do it too. So you know, I encourage people to really ask for what they need, ask for that support, and let's make a difference so there's at least half women or more on the stage. We should have more to make up for being behind.
4: <laughs> yes, I love that idea. There should be more women on stage than men because we have to make up the last time. Exactly.
3: Absolutely. So let's get people to switch that trend. So how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you and what you offer?
4: Yes. You can find me at drmichellemazer.com or communicationrebel.com. Both URLs lead you to the same place. And I have a great blog with a lot of public speaking tips and an awesome podcast called the Rebel Speaker Podcast that you can check out there.
3: Perfect. Thank you very much. And we will add a link to that with today's show on our turnknowledgetoprofit.com website. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, Michelle.
4: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
3: So we need to take a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview, and you don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you.
5: Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of E-Women Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our E-Women Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Our world-renowned speakers will teach, inspire, and motivate you to greater heights. Plus, the food, the fun, and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com.
0: You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle
3: McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. In today's success interview, I have Christy Kiever, a brand strategist and creative director of Freshly Stated, and I'm really excited to talk to Christy today about how she uses branding and her take and on branding for your business. So welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you, Janelle. I'm excited to be here. I'd love to start our conversation by asking you to tell me how long you've been in your current business, how it started, and how it's evolved over time. (laughs) Okay. So
6: my business, um, I have officially been out on my own for four years now. Prior to that, I freelanced for four years to make sure it was something that I really wanted to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when I started my business, I started offering social media services, um, branding, marketing, and communication. So it's kind of all over the place. You know, Mm -hmm. you you go out and you're really ambitious, and you try to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I quickly learned that I wasn't able to be everything to everybody, and I really needed to ask myself what I really wanted and where I felt I could make the biggest impact by serving people. Mm -hmm. And over time, it's evolved into, um, you know, really honing in on my branding skills. My background um, is 22 years deep in advertising and branding and, you know, everything around the marketing realm. And so I really allowed myself, gave myself permission to dig deeper into the branding arena, which I did about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is really my sweet spot. So about three years ago, I honed in and focused more specifically on the branding because I was able to provide there was a lot more wins for my client there, clients mm-hmm. there providing structure and strategy behind the branding to really connect the dots because the the common theme that I was hearing from a lot of my clients is uh, I'm doing this and I'm trying that, i going here, and I'm going there, and nothing's really working for me. So how do I pull it all together to make it actually work for me instead of against me? Mm-hmm. And so I... I, what I do is I provide structure and strategy behind the big ideas, all of those ideas that are floating out there and really hone them into an actual plan that moves you forward in a very structured, very strategic perspective so that it aligns you with your big vision, your big mission mm-hmm. to help you accomplish things that you weren't able to before because everything is more focused, it's more defined, it's more on target and um, it, it you're able to execute and see the wins that you had missed before. So that's really where I where I'm at now and the the difference between, you know, looking back where I started to where I am today, I make I'm able to make bigger impacts for people in much bigger ways that it helps them stay in alignment with their big vision and their big mission to accomplish big things. And it's really exciting.
3: Uh, It it sounds like it. And you said a couple things that I really want to take just a moment and reinforce because, you know, you said you started out doing a number of different things, and I see entrepreneurs doing that all the time. They think they have to be all things to all people. You know, when you ask who's their ideal client, anyone who's breathing. And we know we can't serve Everyone at the level that they need to be served. So I love the fact that you really honed in on where your passion is, where your sweet spot is, to really focus on doing something that's going to make a difference.
6: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was the thing. I, because I was trying to be the everything to everybody, I really wasn't seeing the types of results from my clients that I really wanted them to see. Now, there were some wins in there, but not, as, not on the big level of which they wanted to accomplish. Now, mm-hmm. the thing that's been consistent and constant throughout all of my clients from the beginning of when I started freelancing is all of my clients want to accomplish. They have big missions, big visions, mm-hmm. big dreams that they want executed in big ways. Now, you and I both know that you can't play big if you think small. And so the wins that they were having, even though they were small, they weren't enough to add up to the big things. And so by letting go of some of those things that really weren't serving me, weren't serving my clients, I was able to really listen to feedback and comments and constructive criticism, which, as you know, at times is hard, Mm -hmm. but to say, this is what I really need from you, this is what's going to make the biggest impact, and here's what I'm really missing, and then Mm -hmm. figured out a way to combine the skill sets, the talents, the the knowledge that I had to be able to deliver a package of service offering to them Mm -hmm. that allowed them to get to the place where they really wanted to and make that big impact that they were looking for.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that business owners also kind of have that um, shiny ball syndrome. They're constantly doing a lot of different things at a very high level, but they're not going very deep in certain areas, so they're not getting the results. When you just touch all of these things, but you don't really go into them, it's hard to get the results and get the, the success that you're looking for.
6: Absolutely. There's so many things out there, so many offerings that are available that just barely scratch the surface. And scratching the surface is really good when you're there, but what happens when you're two, three, five years into your business, you need a lot more than surface scratching. You need, you know, caves deep worth of knowledge and expertise, expertise and skill set to really help propel you to that next level. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not constantly learning, then you're not constantly growing. And if you can't grow, then you can't evolve and you can't, you know, Uh, you know, gain momentum with growing your brand and building your tribe and all of the things that you need to do in order to reach that certain level to accommodate your big vision, your big mission, you Mm -hmm. just can't do if you're just scratching the, the surface.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd love to ask you, what type of products do you currently have in your product mix and how do you use them to leverage your time and grow your business? Mm-hmm. Great question. So
6: I primarily work with people on a one-on-one basis because um, when you build your brand, it's not just about the graphic design or the website. There's a lot of pieces and components that go into it. So my most popular way of working with me is still one-on-one. Um, aside from that, I do have group coaching programs that say, follow the same signature System That I've created for my one-on-one clients, but we do it on a group basis because I, I realize that with my audience, I have people in one of three different places. They're either in a corporate setting and trying to figure out how to organize their thoughts and ideas to make that leap away from the corporate structure or they're about a year, year and a half into business, and some things are working, but they wanna make more impact and gain more momentum, but they're not quite sure what, what they need to do. Um, and the, the, the scratching the surface type of programs just hasn't been enough for them. Then the third group of people that I work with, they're the ones that have gone through um, about two to three years of business, and things are working really well. They're making about six figures, but now they're really ready to up-level their business because they want to reach that seven-figure mark. Now, to clarify, they're not trying to get to that seven-figure mark to buy the you know, the fancy cars and the big houses and things like that. They're, they're wanting to use that money to leverage themselves to, to, to really propel their mission and their vision and accomplish big things.
5: Mm-hmm. So
6: whether you're in one of those three places, I can. St- I still have the, the different programs that I offer. So, again, going back to working with me individually one-on-one or that group program is usually for the people in the first two phases um, so that they can get that structure, get that foundation, get that mainframe that they need, if they will, like the blueprint to their house and know how to execute so that they can get to that third level. Mm-hmm. So, typically, the one-on-one type of people I only work with um, – at the higher level, getting ready to really propel their business because I just don't, I have to leverage myself. I just don't have the time to be able to spend with everybody because, again, it can't be everyone or be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. So with my signature system, I have it broken out into three different areas. And some of those areas you can do on a self-study, course, um, so mm-hmm. it's available online where you can kind of DIY your way through the program, and then when you're ready to go into that second phase, then you can come into that group group coaching program. Mm-hmm. That makes it affordable for a lot of people because not everybody can is ready to invest at the high level to go all in in their business, and that's mm-hmm. fine, but it will, still allows me to leverage my time and be able to serve people at the place that they are in their business so that they can get ready for that next phase.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I find it's interesting because I, I am, am of the belief that for the most part, if people really want to do it, they can find a way to make it work economically. But what mm-hmm. I seem to see more of, and I, I'd love your thoughts on it, is that people they want to do it, but they've done things before and haven't done them successfully or seen the success. So they're very leery of making that investment in something else because they just, they, they feel it should work, but they just don't know if it'll work.
6: Exactly. Yes. I see that a lot too. I think part of the reason or part of the problem behind that is again, there's so many different types of courses and programs and gurus and, um, experts out there that, again, are just scratching the surface. So I would say if, if this is you and this is where you are trying to figure out what is the best fit for you, the first thing that you need to do is figure out what are what is your list of priorities. So remember in our younger years when we were dating and we'd write out the list of the perfect guy on paper and we knew exactly <laughs> everything that we wanted him to have and not have and hopefully we'd find him, right? He'd magically appear. <laughs> And so writing out that list of what do you really need, the criteria, like who, um, um, who would be a good fit, like, so personality style, um, what time of day, um, is it a local program, is it a virtual program, do you meet in person, do you meet online, is it self-study, is there an accountability piece, is, there's so many factors that a lot of these programs offer that some people absolutely need, whereas others don't need that. Um, You know, same type of structure would be if you were to take, if you were to go to uh, college online or get your MBA online, and they have the the entire program is self-guided. You do it on your own time, and then when you're finished, then you get your diploma or your degree. That doesn't, that structure doesn't work for everybody. So knowing yourself enough to know, I'm okay with a self-guided online DIY program, and that's absolutely fine. I'm going to knock it out of the park and kill it. Mm -hmm. Or I really need that face-to-face, heart-to-heart, belly-to-belly connection of somebody holding my hand and holding me accountable.
3: Mm -hmm.
6: That's going to be the biggest difference. So no matter where you are on your track of your entrepreneurial journey, just knowing and giving yourself permission to say, this is what I really need, what I think I need anyway right now that'll change over time, but just being able to say, this is what I would like a program or an offering to have that fits my needs in the way that I like to learn.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so true. Um, We're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to continue this conversation. Um, it's great. And I have some, a few more questions to ask you. Stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley and you're listening to
5: Turn Knowledge to Profit.
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. This is the EWN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to our success interview on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today's guest is Christy Kiever. Christy is a brand strategist and the creative director of Freshly Stated. And before the break, we were talking about the different things that you need to think about when you're looking for making a decision on when you need support. And I love that what you said just before we went to break, Christy, where you were saying, give yourself permission For what you need. Because I think oftentimes entrepreneurs think they can do it all themselves. And I find that they spend so much time doing the things that they can really um, outsource or leverage an expert for. And they're not really the expert. So people try to, they think they can do branding. And yet when I look at your site and I look at some of the things you've done, They just don't come close to it. So how do you have a conversation with someone to say, you know, have you considered? Mm -hmm. That could be difficult,
6: Um, especially when you're early on in your entrepreneurial track because you want to do everything. You think you can. You think you're invincible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it isn't until you hit, I think, your first point of sheer exhaustion that you finally realize I can't do everything and I do need some help because I'm running in circles. I used to describe it to my business coach at the time as I feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel and I'm running really hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not making any progress. What am I missing? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times it's because we just don't know what we don't know yet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But bringing in help is definitely something that should happen very quickly in your business. And especially on those things that you're just not an expert at. So, you know, your finances, um, uh, business coaching, branding, graphic design, website design, development, all of those things, could you do them? Yeah, absolutely. But does not necessarily mean that you should do them? No, it doesn't. Um, especially when it comes to those things, when you know, when you get to a point where you have identified what you're really good at, what your sweet spot is, and say that is coaching clients and walking them through the process to help them have wins and and see things and figure out creative ways to um, you know pro- provide uh, creative solutions to something that's complicated. That's your sweet spot.
4: Mm-hmm. And if you
6: struggle in an area like your finances, so hiring a bookkeeper or an accountant, um, if that's an area that you just really don't feel good about doing, and I think that's the biggest clue or the indicator is, uh, you know, taking an inventory of everything that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis Mm -hmm. and really asking yourself, do I enjoy this? Do I, am I good at it? Do I really feel, you know, uplifted and joyful when I'm doing it? Or does it make me really dreadful and not want to get out of bed? So what are those tasks that you're doing and how do they make you feel? Mm -hmm. And really allowing yourself to to listen to what your body and what your gut and your heart and your mind and everything is telling you, because if it's those tasks that you really don't enjoy, and for me, that's the financial aspect of it, it's the bookkeeping and the accounting, Mm -hmm. that was the very first task that I outsourced because it is not something that I'm good at. And I did not want to mess it up, so I knew that I needed to ask for help in that area.
3: Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard for some business owners to let go. Was it difficult for you to say, okay, I need help, I'm going to get an expert to do it because I know that they can do it much better than I can?
4: Mm-hmm. It was difficult at first, at first,
6: however, I when you look at the big picture, like, From a personal, emotional perspective, yeah, it was a little difficult for me to say, okay, I can't do everything and I can't be everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you finally, when you think of the big picture and say, is this task, is this responsibility going to help me serve my audience in big ways so that they can accomplish their goals and in turn I accomplish my goals? When you put it in that perspective and really look at the reality of it then it's not hard to let it go because then you know that you in order to let it go that's where you can grow when you're trying to hold on to things and resisting the growth process and the learning curve that's when you're really not allowing yourself to be in your your highest gift and your greatest power and so the quicker you can get to that point where you're willing to shift your perspective and look at it from a big picture perspective instead of just the one thing where you just don't want to let it go, think big picture, think your clients, think your higher objective, and then it's so much easier to say, okay, let's bring in the help. Let's, let's go ahead and add add the extra hands and the extra resources to this because mm-hmm. I need to let this part go.
3: Yeah. And I was actually having that conversation with someone yesterday and it's really interesting because when you finally make that decision to let it go, that's when things really open up and you get opportunities that you had never expected because you're really creating the space to be able to do more, be more, reach more, um, and do that. Um, I'd love to ask you, um, as we're talking about kind of making those shifts, How did you go from doing your one-on-one to knowing that you needed to add products to expand your reach? Because you said you've got your um, kind of DIY, and then you've got your group coaching, and then you have your one-on-one. So what kind of made you say it's time to add something else so you can at least get people that may not be ready for one-on-one, but that can kind of get a taste for what you have to offer?
6: Mm-hmm. Well, I really felt the pinch when I was completely maxed out on resources. Now, keep in mind through my design agency, freshly stated, I also have a team of 10 people that help me execute the tangibles mm. for my clients.
3: Yeah. And
6: so when I was at max capacity, I mean, max capacity, I was sleeping maybe four or five hours a night on average, if I was lucky. Um, and there were still so many people that I wanted to serve and impact, and I knew that they needed me, and I knew they were ready for me, but I couldn't take them on because there was zero bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that was the point where I really needed to let stuff go and figure out how to, 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 to scale my, my model so that I could reach more people who, um, who wanted to work with me and were ready to work with me in their own way. Um, but they they either the cost was a factor the time was the time commitment was a factor or other reasons were a factor, but they still wanted to work with me they still wanted they they were seeing um projects that had gone out there and brands that I had launched and coaching programs that I had completed and heard about the successes and the wins that my clients had had, and they wanted that too that I had no more of myself to give until I was able to let some of it go and figure out, okay, how can I rework this, reconfigure this, put it together so that it's more streamlined, more efficient, um, scalable and deliverable on a more automated system so that I could reach more people and free up some of my space to be able to continue to work one-on-one, which is where I really love working with people. Um, it wasn't until I let go that I was I, I finally able to see it for what it really needed to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, and you said some, something that's really interesting because, um, and I love the fact that you knew you, were, you couldn't do any more, so you either have to say, I'm fine with that, but if you've got that desire to reach more, you've got to find a way to scale. And I think a lot of people are stopped today because they don't know the how they're going to do it. And what I tell people is that when you're ready, there's a lot of resources out there to help you do the how. You've just got to decide you're going to do it and then take that knowledge and really, you know, turn it into products that can help leverage your time and expand your reach.
6: Oh gosh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's so powerful that how even though you have this big idea, It doesn't necessarily mean you ever need to know the how. The only thing that you need to know is that you have this idea, you need to put legs to it so that it can stand on its own. It's just a matter of reaching out for the right help that you need at the time that you're ready for it.
3: Oh, I absolutely agree, and it looks like you've really done an excellent job of of doing that, you know, starting out, narrowing down your focus of what you want to do, really hit your sweet spot, and then look at how can you serve business owners in ways that will help them move forward and get them exposed and get them the resources that they need.
6: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is my passion. That is my purpose.
3: I love that. So, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Well, there's two places that you
6: can find me. One is through my website, um my website christykeever.com. dot com It connects to my brand agency, and then I also have a podcast um, with two co-hosts as well, where we'll also share some insights and some education um, behind the scenes as well. So, those conversations that you wish you can have with the people who seem like they've made it? Um, what does it really look like behind the screens um, to really build that successful online business?
3: Perfect. And we will put a link to your website and how people can connect with you on our TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com page with a link to today's interview so they'll be able to get you there. So thank you. As we wind up our time together, can you give our listeners just one final piece of advice that would help them scale their business and leverage their time? Absolutely. I'd be happy to.
6: The one piece of advice that I would give is that if you really want to grow your business and you want to make an impact in a very big way, so that you can serve your audience and allow them to make big impacts in big ways as well, is that you've got to learn to let go of the things that don't serve you and don't serve them. And until you do, you won't be able to grow to the level of which you're really wanting to.
3: Well, thank you very much. That's a great Thought to leave us with um, because we really need to look at all the things we do and look at what's really making a difference and what's just keeping us busy. So, thank you, Christy, very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Janelle. Pleasure being here. Yes. So, we need to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to share today's success tip. Stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
5: Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of E-Women Network. Are you ready to step into all of your greatness, to release the confidence that lies within, to stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our E-Women Network International Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year on August 4th through the 7th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge wisdom and even partnerships our world-renowned speakers will teach inspire and motivate you to greater heights plus the food the fun and entertainment at the best party in town will rock all of your senses look no one makes it alone. So it's time to stop trying to be the COE, the chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. The eWomen Network Conference is the perfect place to make that happen. Register at eWomenNetwork.com.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about scaling your business.
1: I think scaling your business is so important, and I think it's something that helps people go from just working one-on-one hourly to really leveraging their knowledge. And I think it's something that almost every coach, speaker, and author can use. Don't you agree, Michael?
2: Oh, absolutely, I agree. I mean, if you have a business where your time is required to provide the services Um, to grow your business you really or to grow your income really you basically have two choices you can either work more hours or you can charge more per hour and in a lot of cases either one of those is not a good solution so you really have to scale the business and by scaling the business what we mean is serving a larger audience with your uh, your message serve getting more people more, uh, getting an ability to serve more clients without having to work more and more hours.
1: No, I think that's really um, something that a lot of people are talking about because they're saying they don't have any more hours to book one-on-one clients. They're already working really long days. And by scaling your business, you can really leverage your knowledge in a number of ways to get out and increase that reach. It's a win-win.
2: You know we talk to a lot of coaches particularly but also speakers and authors who say well I, I can't really scale my business because I work with one-on-one with clients and every clients unique and um, I have to be there to serve them and there's really nothing I can do except just work with them one-on- one and you know my response not out loud but my the response in my head is Um, that's just not true. I don't even know your business yet, and I know that's not true. Um, There are lots of ways that you can scale a business even if you do one-on-one coaching. Uh, Even if you're a hands-on coach in particular, you can still scale it. So you know, what you start to look at is even if you work one-on-one with each client and each client is unique, are there certain things that you can do or, or are there certain things that you do every single time with every client? And if you really examine the process you use, uh, I suspect that there are. And if there are, then why not automate those parts? Do it in a questionnaire, do it in a video, do it in an audio, do it in a book. Do, you know, however you do that, but in some way that you don't have to spend the time doing it every time with each client.
1: Absolutely. And I always go back to an example that someone shared with us a while ago when they challenged a practitioner who said they had to do it all one-on-one. It was a chiropractor. And remember, he was able to do a lot of what he did by creating some videos, creating some trainings that were reproducible that didn't take his time. And to me, I always remember that example when somebody says, you can't do it. I have to do it one-on-one. It's all unique. If someone like that can do it, anyone can do it.
2: Yeah, that's a great example. I remember that client. And uh, he started out saying, hey, I'm a chiropractor. I, obviously, I, I manipulate um, each person separately, differently. They really can't do it without me. I have to see each patient but as we began to dig in more and more into what he actually did it turned out that that was absolutely an important part of it but a large part of what he did was talk to the clients about proper nutrition talk to them about pop, uh, proper posture talk to them about uh, bad habits like sitting in their office and hunching over the computer uh, those kinds of things Well, he found out that he could deal with each of those things either through a video or an audio that his clients could listen to. He didn't have to sit in the office and explain all that information to them. He could provide it to them, um, just go download this audio, go download this video. Hey, go read my ebook on that. And then what he found was he spent a lot more time actually working with the patients, but seeing a lot more patients in the same amount of hours.
1: So how can someone get started scaling their business?
2: Well, um, you know, getting started, it, it, first, what you have to do is decide that scaling is right for you. And for some people, it's just, it's not that they can't scale the business, it's just they don't want to. Um, and, you know, it just depends on what stage of life you're in, what you expect out of the business, how many hours you want to spend, those kinds of things. But, um, you know, once you decide that, um, then. The next thing to look at is what are those things that you do the same with every single client. And before you say I don't do anything the same with every single client, I would challenge you to really look at the process and really say, you know, what do I do? Uh, something as simple as putting together this radio show. Uh, I used to in the in the early early days, and Janelle remembers this. I used to actually uh, have a one-on-one telephone call with each potential guest talk to them about their business talk to them about what if they've done interviews before really interview them in order to do the interview well what i found was that over time i moved some of that into um, specific emails i moved some of that into attachments to the email i moved some of that into other venues or other uh, media where i could just send that out and it basically did the same thing as I had been doing, I mean, it, it asked them all the pertinent information that they needed. I found out how many interviews they'd done. I got copies of previous interviews that I could listen to. Um, you know, I rather than spend a half an hour on the phone with them, I spend less than five minutes sending them a, a pre-done email that it has all the necessary attachments and everything. So, in that respect, we've scaled that business very quickly.
1: And it's really important to remember that you can do it. You have to shift your mindset. You have to shift what you think is possible. But if you take a step back and look at what you're doing every day, you're going to see that you're doing similar things over and over and over. And that's the perfect place to get started. So when someone's ready, they know they can scale, they've identified what they can scale, then what do they do?
2: Well, I think that the the other piece that we haven't really talked about yet, which is so important, is not just scaling your knowledge, which is what we have been talking about, but it's it's finding what activities you're either not very good at, or you really don't want to do, or you don't have the, or are not a very good use of your time. Um, So, and finding other people to do those, and that's part of scaling as well, so that you're spending your time on the highest and best use. So um, the first place that most people go is to a virtual assistant or a VA. Um, We have a VA that takes care of our website, that um, does things with our database of of clients. It basically takes care of all of that administration um, that we were doing before and does it for us. So we don't spend any time on that. now. Um, is it an expense? Absolutely. I mean, we we spend you know very modest thirty five to forty dollars an hour uh, on that VA. But if either Janelle or I can spend that same hour out talking to clients or networking or uh, doing billable work, we're making far more than that twenty five that twenty five thirty five forty five dollars an hour that you're paying to a VA.
1: We are and. What she can do in 15 minutes would take you, because I know I used to yeah. watch you do it, would take you two hours. So it's costing you hundreds of dollars to do what she can do for 30 to $40. So it really does, it's a good cost-benefit trade-off. And I think everyone needs to really look at that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know it's it was hard for me to take, but, you know, because I, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, of course, I'm the best at everything I do. But... <laughs> Uh, It turns out that there are other folks that are actually better than you, better than me at doing whatever it is they do. That's their specialty. So, you know, you can look at a VA. The other place you can look is at accounting, um, you know, taking care of all your receipts and your, you know, all your business expenses, those kinds of things, doing profit and loss uh, statements for you. Um, those are a couple areas where you can outsource things very, very easily. And there's a lot of other areas as well. So and, at, oh, go ahead. You know,
1: and also, you know, what we do with Turn Knowledge to Profit, I know I watch you all the time creating activities and um, different projects that people can share and presentations. And for many people, creating that takes a lot of energy and it's just not their expertise. So again, what you can do in an hour might take someone a full day to do. So it's really important to understand what people can do to support you and also what the actual cost is. Because when someone gives you a price, you need to understand what's it going to take in your time to do it, which is often a lot more expensive.
2: It is, but you know, just remember that um, we're in the outsourcing era and I can guarantee you for just about anything that you don't want to do, you can easily find someone else who just loves to do it and that's their expertise, and they'll do it way faster and way cheaper than you. So th- that's really the idea of, of scaling your business is first um, find a way to leverage your own process, your own time, so that you can provide it to a lot more people without spending more hours and then look at those things that you can outsource and then outsource them.
1: I I agree. And I'm going to challenge everyone to go to our Facebook page at Turn Knowledge to Profit. And under today's episode, share one or two things that you're doing that you see you might be able to use to scale your business? What are some of the things that you're doing over and over again that you can actually put into a system and leverage your time?
2: Absolutely. We'd love to hear your stories. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.
0: Turn Knowledge to Profit